Welcome to Serious Faith, a podcast exploring the gospel story by story to discover the way of Jesus. Welcome back, everybody. Serious Faith, we're back at it again in the book of Hebrews. Uh, you'll have to bear with me maybe this week. I have had a little bit of a cold uh, today, but we're going to get we're going to get her done. Uh, so we started the book of Hebrews, and we're in the center of chapter one. We, we had four verses last week. If you remember, it was uh, the Son of God as sort of the ultimate messenger. He's greater than the angels. He's greater than any other messenger God has sent, even even the prophets. He's greater than all of them. And so this week is a continuation of that thought, and uh, it's pretty fun. And I will admit it'll be it's going to be a short one this week if I'm if I'm honest, uh, because uh, he does a lot of quoting and not a lot of digging, if that makes sense. Uh, so uh, we're in Hebrews chapter one, verses five through fourteen, and here's what it says. After all, when did God ever say to any of the angels, "You are my son; today I've become your father"? Or even, I will be his father and he will be my son. But then, when he brought his firstborn into the world, he said, all of God's angels must worship him. He talks about the angels. He's the one who uses the spirits for his messengers and who uses flames of fire as ministers. But he says to his son, God, your throne is forever and your kingdom's scepter is a rod of justice. You loved righteousness and you hated lawlessness, lawless behavior. That is why God, your God, has anointed you with oil instead of your companions. And he says, You, Lord, laid the earth's foundation in the beginning, and the heavens are made by your hands. They will pass away, but you remain. They will all wear out like old clothes. You will fold them up like a coat. They will be changed like a person changes clothes, but you stay the same, and the years of your life won't come to an end. When has he ever said to any of the angels, Sit at my right side until I put your enemies under your feet like a footstool? Aren't all the angels ministering spirits who are sent to serve those who are going to inherit salvation? Okay, so I don't know about you, but especially when you're just reading this section, when you're just hearing it audio like you are right now, uh, the full effect of these verses don't necessarily hit. Because this is one that uh, all but about one, two, three, four, five six, seven, seven lines, about seven lines in these verses. Um, only about seven lines are actually like written, um, written by the author of Hebrews. The rest are all quotes. Um, he starts with a quote from Psalm 2, 7. Then he quotes from 2 Samuel 7, 14, 1 Chronicles 17, 13, Deuteronomy 32, 43, Psalm 97, 7, Psalm 104, 4, Psalm 45, 6, and 7. Uh, Psalm 102, 25 to 27, Psalm 110, 1. He just, he quotes and he quotes and he quotes. And you can't really get that full effect when you're listening to me read it because you can't see on the page where it's italicized and written like poetry. Um, So if you get a minute this week, uh, take a chance, open a Bible to Hebrews chapter 1, and you'll see what I'm talking about. It's lots of quoting. now, I put that out there because I think as I read it, it sounded disjointed, and it kind of is because he's trying to make a point. Remember last week, he talks about Jesus as the ultimate messenger, 
right? There's nobody better than Jesus. He's better than the angels, better than the prophets. So he's continuing that thought in chapter 1. And he says, after all, when did God ever call an angel his son? Right? And he quotes from Psalm 2. Or even uh, saying that he is his father and he will be my son. It's that son piece again uh, in 2 Samuel 1 Chronicles. So, so see, he's, he's trying to prove his point, not just by saying Jesus is the son of God. Right? He's actually using Old Testament. He's using... Uh, the the scriptures that that Jews would have known that the Hebrews remember he's writing to the Hebrews he's writing to them and he's using the scripture they would know and quoting it directly <laughs> he says look this is proof right these are pieces for the author that point to Jesus as better because after all God has never once called any anybody else his son right he's never said to anybody else you're my son and then he goes on and he says but then when he did bring his first son into the world, uh, he said that all of his angels must worship him, right? So he's saying that, look, even in, even, in, even in the scripture that you proclaim, it says that this Jesus is greater than anything else. He's greater than anything else. In fact, the angels are going to have to worship him. And then he talks about the angels, and he tells them spirits for his messengers, but then to his son, he talks about giving him the throne forever, the kingdom scepter, a rod of justice. So you see the difference he's laying out here, right? Like he's like, he's like, look, yes, God does love his messengers. He loves those angels and, um, and they're powerful and they've got their stuff, but they don't get nearly the treatment that the son does. They don't have the same inheritance that the son does. And I love it because in verse 13, he just straight up says this. When has he ever said to one of his angels, sit at my right side, and I will put your enemies under your feet like a footstool? And he says, I'm telling you right now, he doesn't say that. <laughs> and he finishes, he says, aren't the angels just ministering spirits for those who are sent to, are sent to serve those who are going to inherit salvation? In other words, these angels uh, are not the highest thing in the pecking order. It's Jesus. They do his bidding. They do the bidding of Jesus, of the Son, of the Son of God, the one who God has said he will put his enemies under his feet, the one who stays the same, the one who will always be, the one who helped create, the one who has God's throne forever. This is Jesus. And then that's it. And that's what I love about these verses is... They're not fluffy. They're not flowery. He just direct quotes and he says, look, I can prove in scripture even, I can show you that this is right. I can demonstrate for you. I can demonstrate for you that, that Jesus is better than everything else. And that it's not just my opinion, but it's actually God's opinion. <laughs> and I love it because it's, it's direct and it is... In our current culture, a bold statement. Um, I think sometimes we try our best to find a middle ground with Jesus in culture uh, because our culture isn't always super accepting of Jesus. And certainly if you were to go out in the street and tell somebody that, that there's nothing else better in the world than Jesus, um, they'll probably think you're nuts, right? And it, what the crazy part is for to me is that we're starting to see that even in the church, that, you know, 
we have people who genuinely believe that Jesus is not the only way. That Jesus is not uh, solo in his glory and majesty. This idea that he sits on the throne forever and there's nobody else but him. It's not very popular right now. And it's not popular because it means that we have to give up all the things that we put on the throne instead of him. Sometimes that's ideals. Um, sometimes it's the certain theologies or belief systems. It's other gods. You know, sometimes it's... Yeah, it's just anything. Anything that we put on the throne instead of him. And the hard part is when we admit... And when we're going to make this bold proclamation that this writer makes in Hebrews that he's greater than anything else, then that means we have to live our lives like he's greater than anything else. And that's where things get harder. Because I think it's really easy to say that we love him and trust him and that we think he's better than everything else. But when the rubber meets the road, where do we turn? Like, does the way that we live our lives really say, I believe Jesus is greater than anything else? Because I think we let a lot of other things factor into how we make decisions, how we live, how we treat people. There's a lot of different things that we let affect that. But do we really live as if we believe that Jesus is the greatest thing to ever happen to the world? And that's really, that's the thought this week. You know, as we looked at this and see that he is the son and we see that he's working and big and huge and God loves him and he's doing great things and God's given him this throne do we live that way? Like, do I make decisions based on the idea that I think Jesus is greater than anything else? Because I think sometimes we don't. And maybe it's, I would even venture to say it more often than sometimes. Usually, usually, we do not live this way. Usually, we let everything else factor in first, and then we turn to Jesus last. So I want to challenge you this week, as you make decisions, as you decide, even just simple things, when you wake up, when you wake up tomorrow morning and you decide what you're doing today, start by asking Jesus what he wants to do. Have you ever tried that? It'll completely change how you view your day. Like, I, seriously, if, you, if you're really focused in on that, like, I want to do what Jesus wants me to do today. That's, that, that piece is hard for me, which is why I'm challenging it to you, because I'm going to try it too. Uh, that piece is hard for me because I am a scheduled out person like to the max. Uh, I, I have schedules on schedules on calendars on calendars. But man, does it change your life when you wake up and you just say, okay, what does Jesus want? What are we going to do today, God? And to be fair, many times that still, my schedule still goes just as I'd hoped. But I see God more active in it because my eyes are open to what he's doing in those pieces. But there are other days where things don't go nearly as what I planned they would be, and they're not any less good. So there's simple things like that that we can do to live our lives as if we really truly believe there's nothing better than Jesus. So try it out this week. Look at your life. See if you're really giving your all to Jesus. Is he really the greatest thing to ever happen or is he just another thing in your life? And we'll see you next week.